The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. The city of Houston. Earlier down there, I feel sorry for you. Again, I approach everything as a fan. You've got Deshaun Watson. He wants out. You've got James Harden. He wants out. Those are two of the best players in both of their sports. So these are tough times right now. To use an overused cliche, Houston, you have a problem. I want to shoot him in the face uh. for saying that. That's uh, Mike Greenberg. Oh, my God. So much to react to with that. We're back on the Blitz. Hour number two, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. You're good to go. There's Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at AJ is the real, at Aaron is Blitz, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. And uh, if you missed the first hour, pretty much all James Harden. And if you guys want to weigh in on that, we're happy to take some phone calls on it. Okay, first off, Greeny, I wrote an entire article about how stupid it is to say, Houston, you have a problem. Second off, you know what? Everybody's pretty happy with the Harden trade here. Yeah, Fan, but I mean, I think if you're on the outside, you don't you, you you just think, well, they lost their best player. Uh-oh. Yeah, but, if, I, I mean, but it, it's, it just, it's not that bad. But you know what? It also shows just kind of a lack of understanding of what's going on here. Now, the Watson thing is a different animal. And if he does wind up wanting out, then that's going to be a much different reaction. But I think the whole the whole city's kind of just they're glad Harden's dead. I mean, this is this has been he he out, overstayed his welcome, and there's always a turning point. And, and I think the turning point was you know him pouting over the coaching uh, over the coach getting hired and everything else. Just like for O'Brien, the turning point was trading DeAndre Hopkins. And you don't come back from some of those things. So uh, let's let's get in a couple more calls here. Joseph wants to get in on the hardened trade. What's up, Joseph? Hey, sports guys. Sports to you. So yeah, I just want to vent here a little bit. You know, so January twelfth is my birthday, and I guess it's just a dark time for Houston sports because last year I had to endure the twenty-four point loss for the Texans, point lead, getting choked for the Chiefs, and then the next day, Astros can their guys, and then today I get the Harden news, which it is a little bittersweet for me. You know, I kind of grew up or was kind of a fan of him until the last couple months of him acting like a little child. But so, like, the last two sports stars I have left on my list is, like, Deshaun Watson and Carlos Correa. Those are the two guys that I don't want to see lose. And, yeah, just a little bittersweet, you know. That's all the feelings I have for it. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't get too attached to Carlos Correa. Yeah. I I, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin the day for you, but um, I don't think that, any, that day that day is coming soon, my friend. <laughs> not going to be shocked at all if they wind up trading Correa, and it might make sense to do it. If you're not going to resign him, you might might as well get something for him. And I still don't think the Deshaun deal is going to happen. But you know what? Did Did you really think this time last year that DeAndre Hopkins would be gone? That uh, um, 
you know, the Harden would be gone, the George Springer would be gone. You thought that might happen, but I don't know. I don't think anybody thought Hopkins was actually going to get traded. So, yeah, there we go with uh, uh, all those guys are gone. Correa is probably next. J.J. Watt. Yeah. I mean, this this is uh, not going to be a great stretch for your favorite players. I mean, it's just, it's just not. Hopefully the Watson thing gets sorted out because I think that would be um, that would be the ultimate bleed. That would view. be a crusher. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Iko tweeted out multiple teams have inquired about PJ Tucker's availability and have expressed interest in acquiring the veteran forward. Move him. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Get him out of here. Not that I I I like PJ. I've said it before. I I I appreciate his game. He's not the kind of guy they need. Like he's not he's not a fit with the new. With a new vision, move no, on. No, and you know, so you can't play center with this team. So, like yeah. his value to me is way, way less. So, yeah, move on, do it. You can, you can get something from, you can get something for him. Why not? Uh, it, but I, I, again, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if, if we see Oladipo move on soon. If we see. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see Eric Gordon move on. I don't know that, that that's possible. Yeah, it's uh, going to be hard to get rid of that contract. Un- unlike Russ Westbrook and, and uh, James Harden, which were considered hard contracts to move, those guys are, are still pretty good players. I don't know that Eric Gordon's even a good player anymore, so it's not as uh, it's not as easy to do. But, um, you know, if you can move on from him, that'd be the, the most ideal. But, listen, it's uh, I, I don't think you should be married to anything on this roster other than John Wall, who you're contractually married to and you're, you're stuck with. You're, ne- you're never going to get a better player than John Wall for John Wall's contract. Right. So just <laughs> ride it out. It yeah, the, it the only thing you could do there is take on a, a similar contract with a worse player. That, it doesn't exist. Yeah, well. I, I mean, it doesn't exist. Like that, that's, I mean, he and Westbrook basically had the same contract. Right. Uh, and you know Westbrook's probably a better player at this point, but it, but there's still maybe a hope that John Wall returns to form. I, I like John Wall's game. I think he's fun. Like I, I, he's easy to cheer for for me. So I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, it. I wouldn't expect to move on from that. But I think everybody else should be on notice that you may not be here for much longer. Yeah, and and I I don't think there's any anybody that you would move that that you would say oh well he was going to be part of the future. I mean, I, I don't think that player exists on this roster right now, uh, with the exception of maybe Wood. Hey, can I uh, can I jump in with some breaking news? Sure. Aaron, play my sounder, please. <laughs> Thank you. I've got breaking news. The Astros have made a signing. Pedro Baez, former Dodgers reliever Pedro Baez, will now pitch for your Houston Astros. So the Astros adding to the bullpen. Pretty good player. I, I mean, this is a dude who last year, 18, 18 games, 3.180 ERA, uh, so didn't play a lot last year. But his career, 355 games, 356 career innings pitched, 3.03 ERA. This is a guy who's, who's you know, an experienced reliever who is, in my mind, he's already the best, he's the best pitcher in their bullpen right now. So... That's uh, good news, if you ask me. More uh, more strikeouts and innings pitched in his career. Which, yep, uh, career two oh six batting average against him. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a, a good pitcher. So, uh, some good news for your Astros. How about that? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN is your number. Seven one three seven eight zero 
888-900-3776. So finally some good news for you guys. How about that? And, um, yeah, somebody said, uh, what are the odds the Astros World Series win cursed all of Houston sports? Zero uh, percent, but... Well, I, whatever, worth it. Yeah, I'll, I'll trade it. <laughs> no, somebody says, although everybody wanted Harden out, he did raise the franchise for the last five years, even though you think the Rockets won the trade or salvaged the situation, it still sucks to have the best player on your team leave. It does. Except, it doesn't always suck, though. Yeah. I mean, this... Like, sometimes it's time. And, and was James Harden the best player on this team for a long time? Yes. Did he take them to to a, a different level? Yes. Uh, and, and that's great. But if you were ever going to go to the next step, it wasn't going to be with James Harden. And not only that, James Harden was a malcontent at this point who was starting to basically – I mean, I, I don't know how you look at it, Fred. Like, imagine I come – like, I go into to David Gow's office and he says, AJ, what, what do we got to do to get the ratings better around here? And I just said – Listen, our, I've done everything I can do. <laughs> We're not good enough. We don't, our team isn't good enough. We need better guys. We need better radio guys. Like it's just it's throwing your teammates under the bus. Well, it, and it's just, it would be it, even more effective if you'd uh, worked with Granado for like a year, and then Lance for like a year, and then right, me for right, like right. a year. Yeah, I traded out my partners yeah. every year to tra- to try and get the perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a, it's a bad look, and it was time, so it's okay. It's not a. It, I, I'm not mad about it. No, and, and listen, they, they tried everything. They really did, and it was never going to work. And, you know, Harden saying it last night, they're not good enough and it's not working. Well, that's on, that's on you, James. And so, uh, I, I mean, it was time for a move. And, you know, yeah, you get what you can. And now, now you have to, to rebuild, and you're back to being, you know, well, basically you're what the Spurs are right now, which is a team that's going to have to rebuild. And... You know that's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Not not every year is a make it make it through one round of the playoffs and maybe make it to the conference finals every few years. That's a good run, but you were never going to be good enough to win the whole thing with this guy. So, and and and, and we saw it time and time again. And I think it's uh it, it, it is you are losing a guy that people love to watch play and rooted for for MVP and everything else. But, I mean, the team's not any different. And they may actually be better than what they've been right. with, with him running around fat and not uh, not interested. So, And this goes to show, when you have a, a player who's checked out on you, then keeping him is pointless. Yep. So, it says, Harden is the modern-day McGrady, all, if, all offense, no D, and worried about himself. I, you know what? I, I think McGrady was a less selfish player than Harden. I mean, he's a less talented player, too, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes two ways, but, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I like Tracy McGrady more than I like James Harden. And know, knowing damn well James Harden's a better player than Tracy McGrady, I don't care. Yeah, and, and, and McGrady also did play some defense. Um, I, I know he never got credit for it because he's another guy that did everything so effortlessly it looked like he wasn't trying, but when he was at his best, he would he would jump into passing lanes, he'd tip balls, he'd do a lot of little stuff. Problem was, he he was hurt so much, you never got to see that. Yep. So, uh, 713-780-ESPN on a What Are the Odds Wednesday. It's a dead hardened day. And, um, yeah, I already mentioned JVG had McGrady playing defense. He did. And, I mean, I, I think uh, maybe a more complete player than James Harden. 
but certainly not the score Harden was. Well, he was a pretty damn good scorer, too. Many people forget how good he was. But, you know, Harden, Harden is a numbers machine. The problem is there's a lot of empty numbers, and it's, it's almost like what we talk about in football sometimes. It's like, oh, look, he threw for 450 yards. Well, yeah, because they were down 20 in the second half, and that's all they could do was throw. And there was a lot of empty yards there. I think there's a lot of empty stats when it comes to James Harden. All right, we're going to take a very quick break. Please don't go anywhere. We'll uh, have a little football talk when we come back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5-92.5. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. Can we do a little, uh, can do a little college football thing here? Let's do it. Because you know what everybody does when the season ends. They talk about next season. The too early top 25, right? Oh, yes. I bet you can guess the top five. I don't know if you get them in order, but I'm pretty sure you can guess the top five. Okay. Um, Alabama, number one. Ding, 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 ding. Um, I don't know what order they'll go in beyond Alabama, but I'll go... I, I do think Ohio State will again be in the in the top five. Uh, Ohio State number five. Okay, let's go with this the same one they put. Well, oh, uh, Clemson will be up there. Clemson is number four. Hmm. The Boomer Sooners. Boomer Sooners number three. Because they've got Spencer Rattler. Me, huh? Rattler. Number two evades me. I, I, I was guessing number four-ish was going to be Georgia because that's them every year. And then every year you're disappointed. Uh, but So, Georgia, number two. Number, number two, two huh? Yeah. They, uh, uh, when will people learn? Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, it just says uh, JT Daniels gives them some uh, stability at quarterback. The lone concern will be experienced in the secondary. Uh, they face Clemson in the opener, so... It's kind of a dumb top five because somebody's going to be out of it. The yeah, first one week. of them's going to be out immediately. Well, where do where does Aggie fall? Uh, numero seven. Okay, that's not bad. Iowa State number six without Kellen Mond, huh? Yeah, without Kellen Mond. Uh, where does seven? Uh, where does Bevo fall? Well, let's see. We, it sounds like you're searching. I, I'm scrolling because Notre Dame eight, Cincinnati nine, Florida ten, North Carolina eleven, Indiana twelve. Oregon 13, Wisconsin 14, LSU 15, Penn State 16. Good luck Oof. with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you notice what I haven't said yet. Texas. Uh, Southern Cal 17. I was going to ask about them too. Okay. Iowa's always number 18. You should just plug <laughs> them in. That's like they'll, a they'll good get spot the, for them. They'll get in the top 10 at some point, and they'll finish 18th. Uh, Miami. But they'll only get in that 8 to 10 range of the top 10. Yeah, yeah, right at the back end. Miami, number 19. Number 20, El Bevo. Okay. So, well, I don't have a lot of confidence that they'll be good, but mark my words, I think they'll be better than Miami next year. Uh, I think I would I I'll, I would 
be on your side of that bet. <laughs> Just for since we've gone through them all, uh, number 21 is Arizona State. Number 22, Michigan. Number 23, Okie Light. You get what you pay for, Michigan. <laughs> 24, <laughs> Coastal Carolina. And 25, Boise State, who has a, a new coach in Andy uh, Avalos, who was at uh, D.C. at Oregon, yep. uh, but a Boise guy. And that's uh, – so who knows how that works out, but he certainly knows the program there. So, uh, you know, Adrian asked, now get rid of P.J. What are the odds he's next? It wouldn't shock me. Like I said, I, I, I think everybody on this team should be on the table. Agreed. Because it should be a full-blown rebuild. Yeah, and, and and you can't fully rebuild it because you've got John Wall's deal, but that's fine. Rebuild it knowing that you're stuck with John Wall, but you can still do you, you can still do a lot. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, I mean at least that's that's a guy that if he's healthy is at, at least a quality player, and you, you got that. But uh, Tennis Tony asked, did you see the new Tiger Woods HBO docu- documentary? I have not. Um, seeing it, it's just. I got to be honest; it doesn't interest me enough to move it up on my list How right dare now. Dare you? Sorry, mm. I, I haven't watched it either. Yeah, well, yeah, Mister. Oh, well, I, I, I didn't watch it. No, I, I, I just uh, there's there's certain things that I, I, I mean, and I'm sure it's well done, and I'm sure it, it'll be interesting. I'm just not very interested in it. I, I don't really care about Tiger Woods uh, enough to go and watch that, but. Um, I, I know because of sports, I'm supposed to watch all of them. Instead, I'm watching uh, Netflix specials on murderers. Yeah, but you know, um, and my, Miami's going to be without Derek King next year after his knee injury, right? Yeah, I don't see any way he comes back, at least at the outset. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Miami Miami's back stuff is a little premature, just like the Texas's back stuff was. Yep. One well, Miami didn't even get as far back as Texas did. <laughs> No, no, at least Texas got to a, a New Year's Six game. Right. So, anyway, I just want to get a little, little football in there. Um, I did see an, an int- interesting story today at, in US, USA Today, which usually has a bunch of uh, crap writers. They, uh, they make a strong case for Billy Wagner to make it to the Hall of Fame. And they think he could actually make it in. Okay. It, I mean, if... If we're looking for – listen, when you look at other uh, – when you look at other closers, he's up there. He's in the mix for sure. I I start to wonder if, like, if every closer who's got numbers like that, do we put him in the Hall of Fame? I, I think you're opening Pandora's box there. Well, see, and, and that that's the thing. And that because when you look at the guys who were elite, who were Hall of Famers while he was at his best, Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman, right? I mean, those guys – he he was kind of that same era, but here here's some here's the case they make for him: one thousand one hundred ninety six career strikeouts as a reliever is fourth most in the history of baseball. Uh, his two point thirty one career ERA is more than a half a run lower than Hoffman's, a zero point nine nine eight career WHIP, and an eleven to nine uh, ratio strikeouts to innings pitched. And uh, he had he had nine seasons with at least thirty saves. And he was still hitting upper 90s when he was 38 years old. Now, the case against is he never led the league in saves. And he also had no real postseason narrative. Um, He had a 10.03 ERA in 14 career postseason games. But his percentage of the vote has gone up significantly. 
2016, he had 10.5%. Uh, 2020, he had 31.7%. So apparently, according to the voting tracker, he's hovering around 50%. Okay. I, you I know mean, what? At this point, they're, they're try- this is what happens when you don't want to let the best players in. You start saying, well, maybe we should put a closer in. <laughs> yeah, I listen, I like the guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of him back in the day. I, I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer. And, and I don't get it either, but the, the, he's got good numbers. And I'm, uh, I'm one of those people that I, I'm, I, I would have a very small Hall of Fame. My, my Hall of Fame would not be what any of these sports Hall of Fame is. There's a lot of guys in there that I would have never put in. Um, and so he's not really even close to my cut list. But when you start kind of comparing him to some of those other guys, I get why they're making a case. Uh, and, you know, it, it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other if, if a guy gets in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's kind of a masturbatory personal thing. But, you know, I wouldn't put him in mine. So, uh, and then Riles Bones said, I felt the same on the Tiger Dock until I watched it. It's a really good watch and can't wait to see the flaming dumpster fire of Tiger's life coming in part two. Um. You know, I, I, that's kind of how I felt about that death to 2020. It's like I had no interest in watching it, and then I watched it and I loved it. So uh, maybe that'll be the same with Tiger. But I'm just I'm I, I'm I'm kind of tigered out, especially like it's, and it was sort of the same thing with the Last Dance for me as I, I lived through all that, and I was I was working during that time, and uh, you know we were covering those teams, and uh, I kind of feel same thing about Tiger. It's like. You know, we kind of lived through all that. I, I think it's great if you, you know, were young at that time and don't really know what happened. And I think that's why the last dance was so popular. A lot of people forgot, you know, what those Bulls teams were. But I kind of lived through that. So it, it, it's like, I mean, what more am I going to learn? And But I'll, I'll watch it at some point. Uh, 713-780. ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. And I, I'm, I'm weird about this because I work in the sports business. Then, uh, I, But I, I just don't enjoy sports shows very often. Yeah. And like, like a lot of the 30, 30, 30 for 30s just don't interest me. And I'd rather watch... I'd rather watch something that's going to entertain me, and and I care about the game on the field and what's happening. Now, there's some like I thought the Marcus Dupree thirty for thirty is one of the better things I've seen. Uh, but then there's a lot of them that people tell me, "Oh, this is great, this is great," and I watch it, and I'm like, uh, yeah, "Okay." Um, but oh well, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN says, "Come on, old Fred, you have time? No, don't have time for Tiger Woods, but you have time to watch shows for us youngins like Letterkenny." Show's not intended for you, Gramps. Ha ha. Uh, well, whatever. Because I'm old doesn't mean I can't watch something that uh, is intended for younger people. Oh, well. Quick break. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now! Do it! Do it! Do it now!
is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. And guess who's joining us here in studio? The legendary Lance Zerline. You can follow him on Twitter, at Lance Zerline. You can hear him on the bench. And, uh, boy, nothing happening today, Lance. <laughs> it's quiet. It's a quiet day. It's a great day. Um, yeah, well, I guess uh, the people get your first thoughts on, on what what do you think the Rockets pulled off here? Uh, you know, I think you, you got his addition by subtraction. It's, it gives you a chance to finally pull the pin on um, what was a good run, a good run by the Rockets. They... They kept the window open. They were competitive. Um, they ran into a buzzsaw with Golden State. They had a player who's one of the all-time great scorers, but not a not a championship DNA type guy. And uh, I think he cares a, maybe a little bit too much uh, about the the non basketball stuff to really overcome, you know, uh, his his potential weaknesses and clutch moments. And uh, what you got back, you know, for. John was of the opinion, just get rid of him. Just, and I've always felt like, man, Stone has to stand true because this is the last commodity that you really have. You you can't just give James away. And I thought you potentially um, – I was reading ESPN's account of the deal as well. They gave him an A- minus the Rockets. They gave a D to the Nets. But I thought the Rockets did a, a pretty good job of, of doing what they needed to do, which was stack up picks. Because let's face it, I know a lot of fans are going to want players – Christian Wood is a guy that you're going to build around, and then it's going to go from there. And this is not a one-year rebuild, but at least now you have you have commodities on board with draft picks. Well, and if you keep him into next year, assuming he wasn't going to force his way out, which you wound up doing anyway, um, his value doesn't go up from here. No, leverage goes in the tank. Value goes in the tank. He might come in at 300 pounds <laughs> at some point. But although somebody said, watch James, <laughs> I had somebody say, Watch James take off that silicone uh, pregnancy belly. As soon as he gets to the nets, we're going to be like, wait a minute, James doesn't really look fat like this. That was a trick. Uh, I've seen more uh, photoshops of Mark Henry wearing a Brooklyn jersey, like just bulging out of it, than I've seen anything saying <laughs> James is going to be in shape. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, well, that's not the only thing going on here this uh, uh the latest Easterby Watson stuff. We didn't get a chance to talk to you Monday about it. Uh, what, are, what are you hearing, and uh, what, what the hell do you think is going to happen? How, how can they keep this guy around? Uh, I don't think they are. I think Jack is eventually going to be gone. Um, the Andre Johnson thing, I think, is highly underrated about what that means to Cal McNair. This is, uh, this is a player who, you know, was the first big-time player for the Houston Texans in their organization's history. He's the best player other than J.J. Watt in team history. Deshaun, of course, is coming up too, uh, up that path pretty quickly. And um, I think, you know, the Texans brought him back. He was on the staff. I think there's a, a real appreciation for, for Andre Johnson. Andre speaking out like this with the amount of uh, respect he has in the building, and I mean from the players too, that could really cue one of these other players – uh, to start saying something. We may hear other other players. I know on the heels of 
Andre Johnson's comments. Arian Foster came in with a comment, although he admitted, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't really follow football anymore. But if Andre says that, he must. He's like the millennial, oh, I don't even have a television anymore. That's such a gross thing. You watch it. <laughs> you know, but, but I really do think that – I think that uh, – I think Jack's going to have a hard time surviving this. Things are just starting to stack up too much. Um, he's not – he really doesn't have a position that's, that's irreplaceable. He really doesn't. He doesn't have a skill set that's irre- irreplaceable. And, and I, think, um, I think when it's all said and done, he's, he's going to get it. I think, I think the momentum is starting to rush downhill on him, and, and uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson will be traded either. Shouldn't the dude just, just do the right thing and resign at this point? Yeah, but if you've – work this hard to 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 weasel your way yeah, into a position I mean, of power that look, pays you a lot of money i mean he was able to trick uh you know he's able to trick cal uh into doing what he's wanted for a long time and and i don't think he wants to let that go and he's he'll never i think he really does want to be in the nfl but this stuff has been really a bad bad look for him and i don't see him ever having an nfl job again after this it's just the reputation has really taken a hit and it's funny because nobody, most people never had never, a lot of Texans fans really had never heard of him even by the summer, even after the trades, even after Bill O'Brien was saying me and Jack Easterby, most people didn't know about what his influence was. And we talked about it a lot on the morning show, but it was, uh, it's once they, I, I had a chance to, uh, to get some insight yesterday. And I think everybody over there would really love it if all that drama was out of the building. And, and by that, I don't mean Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So they want to get back to just being a boring, do football stuff and not have to worry about this other stuff. And you know, frankly, I want them to get there too. Well, and I mean, how, I mean at least I don't know if Nick Casario is going to work out. I mean, I, I do think it, at least he's a, le- a legitimate GM. But at some point, shouldn't that be the guy who's, who's handling all this stuff? And, yeah. and, and if he can clean up the Watson mess then you know good on him but you you can't you can't keep having this guy in the building when Andre Johnson comes out and do it. it's one thing for SI to write it and then I don't know if, if you've heard the responses from both Casario and Cal McNair when asked about the guy they they changed the subject uh-huh. it's like how, how do you not know what's going on I think they do know which is I think Casario was probably taken by surprise I doubt Nick Casario knew how bad it was uh down here in terms of and I, and I give Brian T. Smith a lot of credit for asking really staying on some a tough line of questioning um, regarding Jack Easterby. But uh, for me, the real key here is that uh, you're going to have Nick Casario is at some point could just say, look, here's the deal, um, Jack, we, this is getting to be a real problem. It's too much of a distraction. And I just don't think we can keep doing this. I, I, I respect you a lot. I like you. I think because now I'm channeling my – I certainly don't, but I'm channeling my inner, uh, um, my, my inner Nick Casario. And just, he's just, I think he's just going to say eventually, well, let's just say, face, you can, you can resign um, and, and kind of phrase it and, and, and play it however you want to, but uh, we've got to go in a different direction. I don't think it's crazy that that could happen now. Get your thoughts from the championship game the other night. Uh, how, what kind of pro prospects were we looking at on that Alabama offense, which was 11 of them? Just uh, <laughs> terrific. <laughs> well, I think uh, you'll hear about Mac Jones in the first round. I don't think he'll go in the first round, though. I think that's just kind of um, media talk right now. I think uh, the tape, you're, you're just going to see that he's just so reliant 
upon these um, uh, these unbelievable gifts he has around him. I think some of Tua's struggles could scare some teams, to be honest with you, because Mac Brown, I mean Mac Brown, Mac Jones does not have some of the same uh, physical traits that, that Tua has as a passer. So I think Jones, I put a third-round grade. I'm, I think he'll go into second. Alex Leatherwood is probably a second-rounder, their left tackle. Their left guard, DeAndre Brown, will be a starter in the league. He's a mammoth guy at about 350. And, and um, he'll be a starter, probably a fourth or fifth-round pick. Their uh, center will be a, maybe a first-rounder. He had an ACL tear, so that's the tricky part. But could be a second-rounder. He'll be a long-time starter in the league. Najee Harris, probably a second-rounder, but he'll um, he's going to run slow, so I think it's going to hurt his time. Devontae Smith, people aren't going to care about his, his size. They just everything about him is elite football player. You know, he's just a really, really talented. I I just compare him to Steph Curry. The ability he has an elite skill set, a smoothness, a separation ability, a confidence, an ability to have an impact on a game on all three different levels. Um, I, I I just think he's uh, supremely talented. So that offense just and and I'm talking about just off the top. What about Jalen Waddle? Oh yeah, and Jalen Waddle will be a first round pick as well. Yeah, Jalen Waddle is to me a better actual football player than Henry Ruggs. So I think uh, Jalen Waddle is another first-rounder. So, I mean, it's loaded. They're loaded. not A lot less loaded on defense. But that offense that we saw, uh, you know, I, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time saying they're a better offense than LSU, though. I, I, I'm just I, – I get all the numbers and all that stuff. I, I get all that. It's, a, it's definitely a viable debate. I just don't know – because of Jones versus Joe Burrow, I just think Burrow is just a lot better quarterback. Um, Najee Harris is really good, but I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a great fit for that offense as well with his ability to come out of the backfield. Both offensive lines won the Joe Moore Award. Um, I mean, there's an argument to be made, uh, but they did this without really without Waddle. I mean, yeah, he showed up on the field, but come on. They did this with really a backup wide receiver and Devontae Smith, so – it kind of makes it even more impressive than what LSU did in some regards. Uh, have you had a chance to dig into the other quarterbacks yet? I'm curious what you think of the kid from BYU. Is he gonna? Yeah, I thought he was a little overrated. Yeah. Um, I watched. So here's what. So I watched his 2020. The stats are great. Uh, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, and he, you know, he throws a bunch of deep balls, and his big receivers go up and get it, and gives him a chance to make play, and that's great. But he played Texas State, Western Kentucky, Troy. Like, there was a noticeable dip in his strength of schedule this year. And when you go back and watch him with a little tougher schedule in 2019, it was it was rough. Like he had some bad interceptions, made some bad mistakes. Some of his offense and some of his quarterbacking reminds me of Johnny Manziel where he likes plays to get off schedule and he can make plays and he's exciting. But And he has, and he has more arm talent than Johnny. But uh, – the problem is he doesn't throw at the anticipation. He doesn't take what's there, and he has a tendency to play too much hero ball, and that that concerns me a little bit. Lance Erline, our guest, you can uh, hear him on the bench uh, every morning here. And, hey, Lance, what, what yeah. are your thoughts on uh, Texas hiring Sarkeesian? Do you think that it's a, it's a uh, a positive move for him? Yeah, I think it's a positive move. I mean, I well, let's see if he can be a head coach. I know he can coordinate an offense. I know he can scheme it up. I know he knows um, how it's supposed to look. All that stuff. I'm not worried about that. I mean, I think he's really, really good at that. But how does he handle Texas high school coaches? How does he handle um, the recruiting boosters. elements? How does he handle boosters, which is huge at Texas? How does he handle the expectations? How does he handle the media there 
who's becoming they're getting a little more cynical. I mean, um, they've they've been you know, and the fan base has been promised a bill of goods, and they and it hasn't really come to fruition for quite a while now. And uh, uh, I, I want to see if he can be a head coach. It's it's one thing to be a coordinator; it's another thing to handle the CEO elements of being a head coach. But I can tell you this: I mean, playing uh, coaching under Nick Saban, you're going to see you're going to really learn a lot about personnel, what it's supposed to look like, what the physical standards are for every position, what a player should look like, and how they should play. Uh, he doesn't have to coach like Nick Saban. He, in fact, I would recommend against it because most guys, most guys can't get away with that. But I think the big advantage could be somebody at Texas now can start finding some guys that are dogs and some guys who, you know, have have that wolf element in them who want to go out and be the alpha and take people out. I mean, I, I never saw it with Malik Jefferson, who was a five star. A lot of these Caden Stearns is okay. But he didn't have he didn't have special. You know, none of these guys are special that that had these four- and five-star ratings. None of them end up being special. and I, Some of it is development without question, but you know, some of it is you've got to go get the right guys. And I think that's an underrated part of recruiting. Is, is It's not just getting five-stars. It's getting five-stars that are going to come in and, and become better players. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah, you, so part of it is finding the guys who have great you know, traits and physical tools, but they need coaching. But Alabama's coaching is just superior. I mean – when you watch their defensive and offensive line and their route runners, it's it's impeccable. And this is crazy because they lose they lose coaches left and right. Nick Nick Saban loses guys left and right, but he knows who to hire. He he hires technicians. But it's not a surprise that that Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, uh, uh, um, Devontae Smith, these guys are phenomenal route runners. You get the same type of running backs every year. He's got a physical type he looks for. He knows how to cast his play and. He gets the best actors to, to, to act in it, and he makes it great. He's got the Hamilton of uh, college football every year. Just, you know, just the most talent on the roster, and it's hard to beat him when he's got better guys who are better coached and who have more dog and fight and competitiveness than you have. All right, that's Lance Erline. Catch him on the bench in the mornings. Joins us uh, usually on Mondays, but he's busy this time of year getting ready for the draft, uh, unlike the Texans. Uh, <laughs> Lance, uh, appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, – Look forward to uh, reading all your draft stuff. All right. When's your uh, first mock draft coming? Um, Probably late January. Okay. So probably soon. We'll be watching. All right, we'll see you guys. All right, we'll be right back. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5. Here it's been so long. Listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz, Casa de Brazil, a new Brazilian steakhouse next to the Galleria. And the Gal Media offices wants to give one lucky listener a $50 gift card to come enjoy their all-you-can-eat USDA meats, cheeses, countless vegetables, seafood, and much more at five. 50. We'll take uh, caller 5 to 713-780-3776 or win a $50 gift card to Casa do Brazil to enjoy more than 40 of their gourmet items. We've also got happy hour every day from 4 to 7. Live music every Friday night. Check out Casa do Brazil on the corner of Sage and West Alabama. 
Alabama. <laughs> Can't help but do it. It's just like Georgia. It's always got to be Georgia. I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I like to say Georgia. <laughs> um, I have a very. I, I had a different uh, gym of the day, but I just saw this that somebody tweeted us. So let's do the Zadok Jewelers gym of the day. The gym of the day. It's the gym of the day. The Zadok Jeweler gym of the day. Um, I kind of uh, I assumed that this was a joke account that was, and apparently Barstool thinks it may be Jesus Easterby's burner account. Did you see, okay. did you see this? Uh, the guy who's like, only has nice things to say about him? Yeah, his name's Jesus Lover. So that's why I thought it was a joke account. And uh, But he tweeted, Jack Easterby is not the problem. He is great for the Texans culture. Uh, why is everyone blaming one guy? That is unfair. Think everything is being taken out of context. God bless. I said, I, I, said, I think this has got to be a joke account that, that's defending him. And as a fellow Christian and fan of the Texans, we have to be good to one another. God loves all. Um, it says, Easterby somehow received the blame for Amy being relieved, but Cal, the guy who runs the show, escapes blame. There is a conspiracy going on, and the truth will be revealed soon. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree is all I'll say. And I think Jack is doing a better job of running the team than Cal. Uh, and then there's some Trump and Biden stuff, but... Uh, um, the reality is, uh, I mean, I said, I thought it was a joke account, but then the password reset apparently was to Easterby at gmail.com. So, hmm. Well, I, well, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's got something like that, but <laughs> he's under so much heat. Like it's one of those things where it's no long. he's no longer a, uh, like a, a a guy who's you either love him or hate him. Like he he's not like the incident or the 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 I guess the comparison I was having on Twitter yesterday was Josh Innes. Josh, there's people who hate Josh Innes a lot. There's people who love Josh Innes a lot. Jack Easterby is just one side. Like I I don't know anyone who, like any real person who's like man I think he's great for this organization. I want him around. It's literally just Cal McNair. That's it. Now it happens to be the one guy who's in charge, and everything's pointing that this guy's a scumbag, but he's still there. So it's it's he's in a weird spot because it's gotta it's gotta suck, man, to know that everybody in the market hates you, like everyone wants you gone. So if you've got to make up a a, a Twitter account to make yourself feel better or to defend <laughs> yourself because. You know, Jack Easterby, he probably can't go out there and say what he wants to say. That's the uh, that's the damned thing about being about having a job. Like his boss probably told him, "Hey, don't go out there and respond, even if what they're saying is false. You can't you can't put it out there." Uh, so Cal or uh, Jack is just trying to bite his tongue, and he probably did something silly like create a burner account, which I don't know. I mean, it's so transparent that it, I don't know that it, it somehow strengthens your case. Uh, and if if it's found out that that's what it is, it always worsens your case. But yeah, it, it, he's in a he's in a spot where there's there's really no win for him. The, uh, the I, now when I saw this yesterday, I just assumed it was like a fake John McClain account because every everything was you know Jesus this Jesus that. 
he he did tweet out this is not Jack's burner. At least one Texans fan has to have its own brain. Don't let the media create false narratives. Andre and Deshaun are better men than this. God bless. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Um, I mean, I if it is like a fake John McClain thing, it's pretty pretty cool to go create Easterby at gmail dot com and and have that be the email address on there. But yeah, uh, I think it's uh, I I think it's funny because I mean it, I mean a, a fake account would come to his defense too. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, and so, you know, if he, but if you did create a burner account, God bless, as he says in the tweets, and that's your Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. Interesting, though, that uh, I guess Deshaun's a... Uh, song and dance has changed on this quite a bit from when he was getting mad at the fan for the charlatan sign so i i guess uh, uh i guess he's finally turned on him so i'm i'm i i've, I've got to do something over there they really do <laughs> fake john mcclain says there's only one of me just a whole lot of me <laughs> i haven't seen I haven't seen fake john mcclain tweeting in quite a while i haven't either i haven't of course, I had, nothing, I, nothing about lemon squares or anything like that. Nah, it's very sad. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, Bill says I created a Twitter account with the name Cal McNair Easterby. It's an account dedicated to Cal's undying love for Jesus Easterby. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know, let's let's not uh, let's not fault them for that. If they want to, you know, if they want to cuddle up and spoon, that's that's their business. And you know, he makes makes Cal feel good about himself. I don't feel so stupid all the time. Hoo, hoo, hoo. So, uh, you know, hey. That- I don't feel stupid when Jack is around. He makes me laugh sometimes and says I'm funny and smart, and that makes me feel happy and good. And <laughs> okay, Cal. likes my must. Mustache. Congratulations to 281 who just won the gift card. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. He was thanking us for us. Uh, all right, so we'll probably uh, we'll touch on the hardened stuff a little bit more in the next hour just because uh, some of you may have missed out on the early part of the show. But if you haven't heard, James Harden's been traded. Well, bye. Bye bye, <laughs> bye bye bye, and uh, you know we'll we'll get back into Texans. There's some other stuff to get to as well, and uh, you know it, it's been a an interesting uh, show to say the least. But uh, I, I want to get into something that Kuiper and McShay said, and I guess I should have asked Lance about it that involves Justin Fields, and uh, we'll talk about the ratings from your national championship. We'll get to all that in the next uh... hour. Yeah, uh, not great. Uh, all right, I got to tell you guys about Allstate. Allstate siding and windows, and I can tell you what, I'm loving it, man. I, I'm looking out my window right now. Beautiful windows and great customer service, uh, great prices, and really just great craftsmanship. Windows made in Texas for the Texas weather. Here's what they do: they come out, they uh, they they measure all your windows. They'll show you uh, the win- the product to let make sure you you're happy with what they do. And then if you if you're in, you can do it virtually or in person. If you're in, they measure all your windows, send them off, and you, they're custom. So it, it's uh, if you want your windows to be 
basically picture windows with a small slider at the bottom. That's what my wife did with most of our downstairs windows, so she can just have views. Uh, you can do that. You can make them really however you want. But uh, And the great thing is I'm saving 40% on my electric bill. I saved a bunch of money up front because they've got great deals. Right now, uh, it's 25, 20% off all window packages or, uh, or $2,000 off all siding jobs. So just great deals, great people. You want the best rates, call Allstate. 832-204-1936 or check them out online, allstatesidingandwindows.com. Till you're five and you're back against the wall And a bunch of need you to go away Still going bad on them anyway ESPN 97.5